everyone? This is Must Go Faster, a pop culture pod. No, wait, it's a Washington Nationals are the World Series Champions <laughs> podcast for the people. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> I'm your co host, Ben Brandlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn and out in Long Beach, California, moving money around to make room for this World Series gear I'm about to buy. I'm Robert Denfeld. Rob, I'm I'm waving my rally towel around. I hope the mic's mm. picking it up. Can you hear it? I, yeah, can I, you I hear can it? hear I can hear you struggling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are dedicating this entire episode of Must Go Faster to the Washington Nationals October yes. miracle run to become It's a must. 2019 World Series champions. We'll be covering nothing else, no, nothing non-Nationals World Series, you know, this <laughs> yeah. run related. Frankly, nothing else in culture deserves our attention. You know, Rob and I is given we're from D.C. and a million right. reasons why this is a huge deal to us. Yes. Nothing more than this achievement. So we know this is obviously a pop culture podcast, but truth hey, be told, sports are pop culture. They are. I mean, of course. Yeah, they're a huge part of uh, culture. And the entire month of October during their playoff run has really been just dominated by the Nats. I mean, we're talking it literally really has. 17 games out of 30 days in October, yeah. all of those games being at least four hours plus. Then you have all the content afterwards, <laughs> right. the right. memes, Twitter, radio. columns, yeah. podcasts, everything. I mean, it's just, and I just, I let it all consume me. And it's kind of cut into our time for like other pop culture intake. So yeah. it makes sense in that way that we're just going to talk about this all now. We did a segment uh, last year when the Washington Capitals Stanley Cup run happened um, Uh and, you know, didn't do a whole pot on that, but that was really exciting. But I think seems like not that long ago. It was kind of wild. What? 16 months ago? 2018? DC's title town. It's title town. I know. (laughs) Just I feel good for the kids of this era because we had to suffer through so many years of spoiled, entitled, dismal. Um, Right. Exactly. Two championships in three years like uh, that hasn't happened since the early 90s when we were you know, right. not conscious quite yet. Uh, we were alive, but not really Couldn't form like memory. <laughs> memory. Right. Yeah. So yeah, these are the championships of our lifetimes. Uh, it's very exciting. I want to say, yeah, I, I've been devouring like Nat's content throughout this run. Like it's a uh-huh. freaking Paul Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> right. I mean, it, th- this has been the Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, the Magnolia of, of, of sports. Yeah, right. Right. So, you know, I, you were both huge Nationals fans. I grew up playing baseball, like, ever since, like, T-ball up until, Mm -hmm. like, a few years in high school. Um, It was one of, like, my first loves, like, you know, one of my first passions when I was younger. Right. Uh, You know, still love it. Like, it's, you know, as you get older and, you know, other interests come into play and stuff like that. But baseball Mm -hmm. always, like, held a special place in my heart and my family's and everything. Mm -hmm. Rob, you're, of course, a a diehard, like, D.C. sports fan. Always have been. You love the Nats, like... We just had to pot about this. Yeah, I mean, so I grew up an Orioles fan, actually, just because they mm-hmm. were the team in the area. Uh, but I, I was sort of like a half-hearted baseball fan. I actually became a St. Louis Cardinals fan because my stepdad I is from St. Louis. Yeah, like, so <laughs> the first, I, I want to say from maybe like 2002 to 2006-ish, I was a a Cardinals fan, but then, you know, the Nationals came to town in 2005 from Montreal, you know, formerly the the Washington Senators. I was, you know, they played at RFK at first. I I went to one game as a fan um, in 2005 at RFK, but I wasn't really, like, sold on the team quite yet. They were, 
they were struggling. Um, I didn't know what to really make of it. I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying being a Cardinals fan. They were good at the time. Yeah. Um, struggling but, is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. They were, they were literally like the laughing stock of the MLB. They had that famous, yeah. I think we were in college when the Natnals, the I think Nat-nals. it was in 2009. Yeah, that sounds they right. They printed the jerseys with the wrong right. like typo name. And right. They were finishing, you know, with one of the worst records in baseball for like several years. A long time. And, you know, this just makes it all, I mean, just kind of like, yeah. The long-term building process came full circle. It's just so gratifying to reach the mountaintop here. Yeah, and I, I'm so I was just saying I basically I would say became a Nationals true diehard fan somewhere between 2007 and 2009. Like I, I kicked the Cardinals; they were done. Um, I, I started rooting purely for the Nationals. Started to go to more games when they they opened up Nationals Park in DC and you know, started attending games with family and friends during the summer when we were in college. And around the time they they turned it around, hired Mike Rizzo as their general manager. Or I guess he, he was first hired as assistant general manager, then became general manager, president of baseball operations. And they, you know, made the playoffs for the first time in 2012. That was an epic series against those Cardinals. That's, you know, purely solidified my hatred for the Cardinals going forward. Um, they lost that, that game was a dark, five. Uh, yeah, that was the first of just many crushing, crushing heartbreaks. I mean, yeah, and you know, the, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll talk a little bit about that for perspective. I remember watching that game five, two thousand twelve, with you. Oh yeah, at and, uh, Delray, your, your Alexandria. old house. Yeah, with Colvin Setter, you were <laughs> you went on like a, a an absolute. I wish I recorded it. It's a I rant I still think about to this day afterwards <laughs> of just like, it was very like introspective, existential. Right. It was, you were traumatized. IPA induced. <laughs> little, yeah. Little did we know we'd experience, you know, three other crushing playoff exits over yeah. the next few years. At least three, maybe. To get to the glory. Yeah. It was three more. And then this was three their more, fifth yeah. time in the playoffs. Right. 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 And yeah. And that was coming off of the Jason Worth game four walk off home run. Yeah. Like I was at you that know, game. I was there too. I jumped so high. I like clipped the seat in front of me and turned my ankle and I thought it was broken <laughs> for a second. And I was like too excited to care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like ran into my parents on the metro. I wasn't even at the game with them. It was a wild night. Um, and then you know, obviously the crushing defeat the next night. Um, but yeah, th- that's all history now. And they have, you know, defeated everyone and won the World Series. And it was a special, special run. Yeah, I mean, we've been texting about the po- you know all these games when they were happening throughout the run. But this is actually mm-hmm. the first time. We've spoken to each other yeah. since, you know, not only since they've won the World Series, but, you know, just kind of like from as far as like talking, you know, doing a pod, of course, and like right. talking over the phone. So like it's all just come through the form of like text messages and, you know, things of that nature. So mm-hmm. this is a it's a thrill to be talking about this. And, it is. You know, I think, you know, a few stats when we talk about this season and this um, run to kind of just paint an overall picture, of course. The Nationals uh, did not start out so well. I think a lot of that was due to some key injuries, but they were mm-hmm. 19 and 31 <laughs> on May 24th. How many times uh, have you heard 19 and 31 in the past? Right. Month? I'm actually a little sick of hearing. It. It's yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> right. I mean, I, but I think it needs to be said. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the manager, Davey Martinez, uh, was probably only a few games away from getting 
completely canned. Right. My brother was calling. I remember my brother was visiting like the first weekend of May and uh-huh. him saying, and you know, like I, it's easy to call him out on this now, but at the time yeah. the Nats were just really struggling. Just like this team is just a complete collection of losers. Blow it not up. Having, yeah. like, the season's <laughs> over. Like seriously, like within, yeah. you know, a few weeks of it starting. I mean, it looked and that way. It was, it was It dismal. did, it did. And then, you know, they just decided, you know, Martinez was relentlessly positive. Those, you know, injuries came off the mm-hmm. table. They were fully healthy again. They made um, some really nice uh, additions, especially not only just from like a talent level, but especially from like the chemistry, which I know is a right. huge component of this team's success, which we'll get into later. Yes. Um, and, you know, played, had, I believe, yeah, the, the, from May 24th on, had the best record. I think it was tied with essentially like the, the Astros. It was tied was with the Astros. From that date, right. they had the exact same record, and then the Game 7 was the decider, so they, mm-hmm. they ultimately had the better record. I want to say one thing about that 19-31 and 31 before we move off that. Mm-hmm. I just saw this stat that the Detroit Tigers had the exact same record after 50 games, and they went mm-hmm. on to lose 114 games this year, and the Nationals went on to win the World Series. So that... That sort of like flip of the script and they were tied basically with the worst team in baseball this year through 50 games and won. It's just a remarkable turnaround that and, you know, they were kind of so resilient and playing important games from that Mm -hmm. from, you know, late May on every game mattered a lot and they had to sort of struggle their way even to the wild card. You know, Atlanta won the division, but they they were kind of you know, turning it on, especially in like August, September, they were just, you know, by far the hottest team in baseball. Uh, Just truly remarkable. Yeah. Zimmerman, you know, said at the parade that I was at and we'll, we'll, I'll get to my recap of that saying, you know, they had that motto of like, just go one and oh every day. And they basically from late May on treated like every game, like a a playoff, like elimination game to kind of like get in that mindset. And I think that really helped um, them put together those winning streaks and, you know, clinch the wild card. So the Nats, they went eight and one on the road in this postseason. Mm. The '96 Yankees are the only other World Series winning team to match those numbers. Crazy. Um, only one team has ever won three winner take all games in one postseason. Mm-hmm. That is the 2019 Washington Nationals. Wow. They won five elimination games in this postseason. They trailed the po- in all five of those games, and they trailed right. by they trailed by two or more runs after the seventh inning in three of those games. Both of those statistics, the first time that's ever happened in a playoff run. Yeah, the post-seventh inning magic. I mean, there yeah. was so much, like, two out with two strikes, like, yeah. timely hitting. But, like, I, it was the first time I'd ever felt it was just going to happen. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've sort of felt that way about other teams. Like, the, the 2013 Red Sox have been a big topic of conversation, like, comparing them to this team. Right. But uh, it just kind of, like always seemed like somebody was going to get the hit they needed. And, you know, for a DC sports fan to have that sort of like faith and uh, just to stick with them the whole time and feel like it was going to happen. I cannot say I've, I can remember that ever being the case for a DC team. Absolutely. So I was fortunate enough, you know, I live in in New York, um, but I was able to come down and attend uh, two different games throughout this this postseason run, mm-hmm. starting with the wild card game, which was on October first, I believe, that win against the Brewers, um, and then I was at the game three uh, demolition of the St. Louis nice. Cardinals, which really felt 
the whole game just felt like a celebration more than right. a competition. It was never in question. They that were series, <laughs> that series um, is like such a breeze. An afterthought now. It, it, yeah, right. you kind of, exactly. I kind of forget that they played the Cardinals. <laughs> it didn't. Right. It seemed like well, it didn't when you really consider. Happen. When you consider the other three series and how tight oh, yeah. and intense they got, um, right. the atmosphere for the wild card game was unbelievable. I was mm. um, sitting like underneath, uh, out in, I believe, yeah, in, in in your right field, but like underneath the upper deck. So mm. like we had the roof right above us, and it really enhanced the noise. It was also like a weirdly like this was October, but you know weather in DC can be kind of weird and humid. It was like an eighty-five degree like humid night. Huh. And I think that game, um, you know, was a foreshadowing microcosm for just like how these entire playoffs definitely would play out for the Nats. Like, yeah, in that game, they get they get down a few runs earlier. I remember, yeah, Scherzer. I was like going in that game. I was like, just please, Max, you're a legend, but you have a tendency <sighs> to give up homers early. Like, do not. I, I was like, I, I remember saying like I could see him giving up a and walk, then he did, and then yeah. a homer, and he did, and I was like, I'm free. I was like, come on, you know. Yeah. And but. He was still, having said that, was able to calm down and still, you know, gave um, the, you know, the Nats lineup a chance. Like he didn't go down, you know, seven right. to nothing or anything. They kept it. I think it was three nothing. Turner. That's the that story of his run. playoff. That's the story of Scherzer's playoffs. To cut you off there, sorry. Um, just every game, like he gave up something, but he just stuck around, got the outs when they mattered, and and just gave the team a chance every every night that he pitched. Totally. And that game also, you know, it had Davey pulling the bold coaching move of like bringing in uh, a superstar starter and Steven Strasburg for right. relief who just pitched like, I believe, three just like knockout yeah. innings. And then in the eighth inning, you know, manufacturing those those base runners with like Michael A. Taylor getting hit by pitch. Up. Yeah. Zimmerman had like a broken bat single like blooper into the outfield. And then Juan, the god, my yes. son, Soto. <laughs> You know, starting this legendary run, getting give him a timely all the money. Hit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, lock him into the twenty years right lifetime now, deal. Yeah, until right. he's forty. Life. No, <laughs> right, but that right. that shows you just the breaks that you need in these mm-hmm. little moments. Just the Michael A. Taylor. It was reviewed. It you know still right now. Like, did it hit his bat? Did it hit his hand first? Uh, that was close call. Went the Nationals' way. Then Zimmerman gets that you know blooper in the Bermuda Bermuda Triangle in the outfield, broken bat. Yeah. Like just just kind of lucky, you know. But you need some luck to win a championship, and and they got Absolutely. it from the very beginning. Yeah, that was a break that that error that the the mock, the Brewers fielder had. Um, yeah, that just like we weren't getting any of those in the other right. four you know postseason outings earlier this decade. Mm-hmm. And also, like I want to point out just. The legendary moment of Soto, like, uh, oh, basically, yeah. che- like, uh, celebrating while he's in the base paths, <laughs> yeah. but like, in, like he's getting like caught in a pickle, but I mean, he like he doesn't was, like, care. Floating around the bases, I'm sure, just couldn't even feel his legs, and yeah, like I was, totally uh, excusable. <laughs> yeah, I, I was when that hit happened. Like, it was absolute chaos because like we we didn't actually because where our seats were, we didn't actually even see the ball like the just given like yeah. the blind spot we were in the park uh-huh. we just saw like just runners keep running around the bases and everyone like the, the noise just getting like louder and louder with each run i was like moshing with <laughs> my brother and friends and my parents yeah. in that row like literally like, i i was like losing my body like lost control um but that's where you know i wanted to point that out because that's where it all started and also yeah. just like set the stage for like 
we had so many games kind of just play out that way throughout yeah. you know this 30-day run just tough gritty wins the whole way through and mm. so that game I was actually I watched the first few innings on my phone I watched a lot of this playoff run on my phone unfortunately you know I'm in <laughs> grad school uh, I I you know commute every day I have to drive home late um watched a lot of these innings on my phone but anyway I was in class while they won this game I was you know, watching it sort of on my lap or checking it. And, you know, a couple, a couple of my classmates were like tapping me on the back when they won. It was like during, during a lecture, you know, but, uh, the nationals took sort of, uh, took the forefront. But, um, I wanted to say one thing about that Josh Hader and, um, you know, he, he blew the game for his team. He won the NL, uh, reliever of the year. And also Araldis Chapman won the AL reliever of the year for the Yankees. And, he gave up the uh, the home run Altuve. to Altuve in Game Six. Like it was just kind of ironic that the two uh, relievers of the year like sort of blew the the games for their teams yeah. in the playoffs. But you know, it's one of those weird baseball things. Totally, totally. And you know, in playoff baseball, like every single facet of the game is amplified to such a heightened degree. Like every pitch, base running decision ball taken, you know, uh, managerial decision of, you know, who to warm up in the bullpen and bring in and win. It's just like an absolutely intense and electrifying experience and something that we, I mean, these games, like just one of these games, like, was just after they were over, I was like, I feel like, like I lived and died like 10 times. Like that lasted like seemingly like 20 straight hours. It's just, there were like these mm-hmm. marathons. Um, and, well, it's such a unique you know, game. It, yeah. It's played 162 games a year. Every, basically, you know, every game or every day almost, you know, you get like one off day every two weeks or so, sometimes two in two weeks. Um, these guys are together so much. Like every little decision during the playoffs is under a microscope, everything the manager mm-hmm. does. But I mean, these guys are out there doing it every single day, making these decisions. And yeah, of course, you manage a little bit differently in the playoffs and you, mm-hmm. you put starters in when you wouldn't normally and uh, out of the bullpen and, and just things like that. But it, it is a game that's played every single day. And like it, it's interesting to see fans who kind of only pick it up during the playoffs, like really dive deep into the analysis and you know some of the stuff is kind of silly because they don't really know what they're talking about about like everyday baseball type things um but i i don't know maybe that i don't need to go that direction (laughs) (laughs) all the bandwagon fans (laughs) every every championship run has a bandwagon yeah but ultimately i'm fine like the more the merrier with the fan base of course of course how yeah united the whole dmv area and oh it does so much for the community and i wasn't there to experience it and it it totally uh crushes me that i wasn't like in in the city that i grew up or you know i grew up in northern virginia um, but it does so much for like the camaraderie and even out here I've run into some people wearing like a nationals hat or jacket and I, I basically like yell at them. I'm like, Hey, you know, go Nets or whatever. And then, you know, we like have a little thing like, yeah, I'm from Virginia. I'm from Maryland. Uh, you know, how about Strasburg? And it's just like, it's amazing how sports brings people together. And so, yeah, it's, it's just great. Yeah. You know, growing up playing baseball, like I was taught like the three things that every team needs to win are great pitching check. Obviously the Nats there's you know, the way that Rizzo built this team was having just exceptional starting pitching as the foundation. They had that all postseason. good defense, which was a kind of underrated aspect of this team, but 
all throughout the field, whether it's, you know, Rendon, uh, you know, at third turn. I mean, the picks uh, that, that Zimmerman would make at first. Robles yeah. covering so much ground in center field. I, I mean, every every player had like a moment in, the, you know, multiple moments in the field that were, you know, those saving runs. Um, and then the last, mm. the third component yeah. is timely hitting, which, my God, I mean, this team is was the most timely hitting squad in baseball history, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, what, um, which one, which one we'll get to sort of like, uh, general questions, but, uh, which, um, hit kind of sticks out to you as the most memorable moment or when you felt like, yeah. what do you, what's your answer to that? It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to pit, you know, whether it's, you know, Kendrick starting five. it off with Soto in, in the wild well, card. Soto all, Rendon, all, all or the Rendon and then Soto home run against Kershaw. I mean, the most the single most cl- two clutch hits in the entire run have to be the Kendrick freaking grand slam in the tenth inning of the Dodgers right. series. Just to have that be a gr- against an amazing lineup that which just yeah. terrified me in the Dodgers. Every time they were up, I just thought like this ball is probably going out out of the park. Right. But you know, to have that and then and also like having that hit come in the tenth inning, knowing that the Nats, you know, the one kind of mm-hmm. weakness which we were able to get around was that bullpen. If that if that yeah. game went into like thirteen innings, like when we had you know wander suero out there like probably would have lost that and then of course you know the 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 two run jack in game seven of the world series off the foul pole watching that i'll 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 hear that clang in my dreams for the rest (laughs) of my life i clang is my alarm clock yeah i i was watching (laughs) i watched game seven of the world series at home uh finally like i basically skipped out of an event and drove home because i was like i have to be in my house on my couch watching this game or pacing around and I, I just did like uh, wind sprints around my kitchen after that home run. I couldn't, I didn't know like there was just like energy pouring out of my body, and I didn't know like what to do with it. And I was just running back and forth. I wasn't even making noise. I just ran. Like how, I don't know how to react to something like that. I'm yeah. sure everybody has their just little story of what convulsions. they did. Convulsions. Oh yeah, I think yeah. during that the grand slam in the Dodgers, you know, game five against Kendrick. I was yeah, at my apartment as well. I remember my stream went out through like the TBS app on like my Roku and I had to quickly uh-huh. find, it was like in between the ninth and 10th inning. I uh-huh. go to like, you know, Reddit MLB streams. I find like a crystal clear stream. So I'm actually like watching that home run, like on my laptop in my, nice. you know, in my lap. Oh, you're talking just, about the, the first one, the Kendrick one? Yeah, the game five. Yeah. And yeah, my body like convulsed. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought like the neighbors were going to call like, is there like a domestic disturbance happening? Um, but to me, that was, that's the most memorable hit to me because obviously like it wouldn't have happened without Rendon and Soto, but that oh, was the, the yeah, that was the, the home run where I was like, oh my God, they're going to win this series. It, you know, th- this game's <laughs> over. And then. They, you know, getting past the Dodgers, let's not forget about how good the Dodgers were this year. And I I went to a ton of their games this year. I watched them hit so many home runs and score so many runs, just Mm -hmm. dominate teams. Uh, They won 106 games this year. They've won seven straight NL West titles, two straight World Series appearances. Like, beating them was a huge feat. And, And they essentially beat, to me, the two best teams in baseball, the Dodgers and Astros, uh, you know, in the regular season, obviously Definitely. the Nats won the won the championship, but um, getting past them and when Kendrick hit that home run to win that series, I was like, okay, this is it. They could win the World Series. Like they <laughs> yeah, can beat they believe. can beat anybody. I believe mm-hmm. it now. And they had never won a playoff series before in their history as Nationals franchise. So that that hit to me will go down as like 
the the hit of the playoffs if you had to pick one. Right. I think yeah. So I for the World Series, I you know I, I watched game in two games one and two was in New York. Game one, I was out at a bar with friends. That was a really just such an insanely like well played game. It was actually like the only. It was the whole series was obviously went seven. You know the back and forth away teams winning every game. That first, I mean the. All the results, though, ended up being like you know a lot of like seven to one, six to two, eight, eight to one. Such a weird series. After those games one and two, I had vacation uh, planned, you know, uh, months in advance with with Becky, and we were in Nashville the weekend of the DC uh, games. That obviously we'll, we'll kind of skip over those because um, the because right. of the results. But I was Crazy. watching those on my phone at, a, at we were at a, our friend's wedding. Shout out to Sora Vanina, congrats! I was nice. <laughs> like the Friday night. I kind of had my but like because <laughs> those games kind of got out of hand quickly. I was like, you know, I was like, all right, well, I, yeah. I'm gonna keep close tabs on it, but. Um, it kind of worked out where like, I wasn't like sitting in front of a TV watching like every pitch given the outcome of those games. And then yeah. from Nashville, we went to Miami for a few days to continue the vacation mm. and yeah, watching games five, six, and seven out at like bars in Miami, not something <laughs> I an- if anticipated, like watching, you know, in downtown Miami Nats right. game seven world series, but it happened. There were some Nats fans in the air, you know, at the bar, some, nice. uh, Astros fans, which I, you know, <laughs> made it known that I was a nationals fan too right and uh yeah it, it was Good you know kind of made for a unique experience i think you know throughout these yeah. 17 games in this run like i i had a lot of different location spots that i was whether it was at the actual games at my mm-hmm. apartment at bars in nashville at a wedding at miami mm-hmm. you know it was it was pretty uh unique in that sense but that's amazing you know well, this yeah. whole run uh, or right, go ahead go, go ahead, ahead. Well, I was just going to say the only game I attended during this playoff run was game one of the Dodgers series. Um, you know, after they won that wild card game, I was like, all right, Nat- uh, Natalie, we have to go mm-hmm. to one of these games. Actually, it was kind of her. She kind of spurred it on. I was hesitant to pay the money and go to a game, um, but we decided to go to game one and we had a great time despite the fact they lost six to zero and basically gave us nothing to root for. But I'm so glad that we got to go to one of the games during this Definitely. run um, and, and be a part of it. I saw Natalie on like her Instagram story. She did like a 360 like pan of the crowd. Yeah. And it was like after the game was out of hand and it like got <laughs> to you and you were just like in like a hoodie, like just yeah. like, did not, did not. Look it was like remarkable. The Dude, there was like no red around us. It was all Dodgers yeah. fans. We were on the uh, first base line, but uh, Dodgers fans were remarkably like uh, kind and um, yeah. you know pretty generous towards us. I think they assumed that they were going to beat us, so they weren't yeah. too worried. They were like, "Oh, uh, the cute little Nationals!" Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, about. oh, have your nice little fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, great times. And actually, this was the first time since the Nationals have been uh, playing at Nationals Park that I did not attend a game at Nationals Park this year. It's the first mm-hmm. time ever in the the year they yeah, won the World season. Series. So yeah, you live across the country, so I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tough. Um, so yeah, I mean, this run too. I just want to point out, like you, you were talking about earlier about your, you know, your your Nats fandom since they came mm-hmm. to DC. Like, I mean, this run, yeah, it was a huge like you know family affair for me. I mean, baseball yeah. is like my literally like my dad's like number one passion in life. You know, basically nice. his whole like it, it is you know, and the Beatles love sports specifically. Yeah, <laughs> basically yeah, <laughs> baseball and the Beatles. My whole family does loves baseball in general, and just getting to experience this run together, like the games that I went to down in DC, the parade was with them. Um, nice. You know, so like the in person experience, but also just like 
the, the text threads throughout the game that we had going on. I know we were doing that. I was doing just like the hometown element, um, which is like really, really special. So I wanted yeah. to, to call that out. So, totally. um, and it's nice to receive, like when they won game seven, I received probably 30 texts from people that I haven't heard from some of them in a, in a while. <laughs> yeah. And all the group texts were blowing up and, uh, you know, just texting my family throughout and having conversations on the phone with people mm, and the recaps. Yeah, after, yeah. Yeah. It's just so nice that, the way that it brings people together. And I talked about, you know, DC itself being brought together by it, but um, just on like a personal level, the way that it, it makes you get in touch with people that maybe you don't, you know, you probably should talk to more. And, uh, mm. you know, it's just, it's just nice in that way. Definitely. The chemistry on this team, I mean, you know, in baseball, more than any other sport, I would say, I mean, given just the length of the season, like you're spending so much time with each other is 162 regular season games. A lot of the, you know, you're just kind of like hanging in the dugout in the clubhouse, you're traveling, there's days off, there's the spring training beforehand, you know, no, no championship team in any sport has ever had, you know, bad chemistry, right. but I really think that this nationals team had like transcendent chemistry and like, definitely. I, I mean, no team has ever had better chemistry than this group. The baby, I mean, the baby shark magic. The baby shark. I got to admit with baby shark, like the first few times I saw it during the regular season, like I, I cringed. <laughs> I think I texted my dad and brother. I was like, what is this crap? Yeah. Like, I hate it. Oh. And then, of course, I, I, I warmed up oh, to it. Um, by, but- the, by the time they were playing the Cardinals, I was baby sharking. There's one guy in the UCLA film program that is from D.C. also. He's a third year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, we we baby sharked from, like, down the hall to each other a couple times. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. sort of that, that bond. The dugout dancing, I was a huge fan of. Like, yeah. I, I would look forward to it after every home run, even during the regular season. You know, you had... Adam Eaton and Howie Kendrick doing their their car driving you know dance and everyone just having their own unique spin on it even Strasburg you know yeah. who's typically a reserve personality yeah. getting in on it um and the, the way champagne that celeb- oh yeah. go ahead go ahead was the champagne celebrations I mean this team had yeah. five <laughs> champagne celebrations with clinching the wild card uh-huh. the wild card win NLDS win NLCS win in the World Series win that produced a lot of just incredible content yeah uh, shirtless Brian Dozier, uh, you know, <laughs> dancing and singing to yeah. Kamal, which, you know, other than baby shark became like the song of this run. Definitely. It's just such a cast of characters. Yeah. And just the chemistry. I mean, all year I knew like when they brought on Para mm-hmm. in, in May actually, and kind of sparked this new wave of chemistry for the team, but mm-hmm. it was, it was really, uh, special. And yeah. that's just, that intangible factor is just so crucial um, oh, yeah. for a success of any team. You and know? you have to credit Mike Rizzo, who you know brought in Para. He was he was cut from the the San Francisco Giants earlier this year, and you know I think a few teams were interested, but he came to the Nationals. Same with Asdrubal Cabrera. Uh, he left mm-hmm. the Rangers, I believe, and a few teams were interested, but he wanted to come back to DC. He was there before. Uh, you know, Annabelle Sanchez was signed. Um, those two guys, Para and Sanchez, have been credited with sort of like this influx of the Latin culture and the looseness and the dancing mm-hmm. and just the vibe that they created uh, in the dugout and in the in the clubhouse. Um, so credit to Mike Rizzo for like just, you know, sticking with guys that he has a history with and that he knew would be great fits in the clubhouse. Um you know, I don't even want to say the name of the player that left, like, you know, Bryce Harper or whatever. Uh, he, yeah. he left, but they're, they're done. Yeah. There's a big like vacuum of energy that was 
uh, sort of mm-hmm. afforded to the rest of the guys when he leaves. You know, it's like uh, he he just sort of sucked up so much of the the media attention, and he brought so much uh, extra baggage with him that you have to say, you know, um, there there's something there, and I, I really truly believe that the chemistry was a huge factor in this in this win, and, and I think every championship team has that level of chemistry as a as just a group of guys. Um, and and a special group of people coming together and and like working together toward a goal. And also going into this postseason, you know, the other four times this decade when they made the playoffs, they won the NL East. They kind of went in as like World Series favorites, so there was a lot of pressure there. I think this time, you know, especially coming in as the wild card, like sports are just weird this time. Like when you don't have that pressure on you, you're able to just play looser. Right. And yeah, like having that Bryce vacuum that you you talked about. I mean, you know, he uh, obviously had his moments here in DC, and I loved him while he was on the team. Yeah. We've moved on from that. I think you know he's kind of like moving on from like an ex girlfriend. Like we just right. you know, doesn't doesn't even really need to be. I don't. No, really I'm definitely not like trash talking Bryce Harper, and I I feel a little bit uh, sorry for him that this sort of like he has to. <laughs> look at all of this footage but you know, I don't feel sorry for how rich he is uh, and his success and whatever he's and then he went to a division yeah exactly that. That like uh, <laughs> I, maybe I don't feel sorry for him but uh you know right. it's uh it's I'm not I'm not here to like trash talk Bryce Harper but I think there's something to be said for the fact that he was yeah. not in there in the clubhouse anymore mm-hmm. and uh yeah that attention went elsewhere um, but yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's get off that and maybe let's just talk about the World Series uh, a little bit. The those seven games against the Astros, and then we can get into sort of like the post game and you know our feelings, and then the uh, experience you had at the parade, players, yeah. yeah, and the players. Yeah, so it's a lot to get into, but I'm, I'm feeling yeah. I'm feeling wonderful about it. I could talk about this for the next five hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so where I mean, with the World Series, like where I don't know, where do you want to start? Well, Obviously, I mean, we were, we were big underdogs. The Astros yeah. were uh, had no had no flaws. They obviously won it all two years ago. Yeah. They won 107 games in the in the regular season. They made that. They were big. they were 60 and 21 at home this mm-hmm. year. So which makes the the winning four games there even weirder. Yeah, they signed Garrett Cole. They signed you know Zach Greinke during yeah. the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredible pitching, pitching lineup. Un- unfortunately, they pitching rotation. I should say they they lost um, Lance McCullers earlier in the season. I think very early on in the season. That was you know looking back like a huge deal. And if they had had him, well maybe they wouldn't have signed Greinke. But either way, uh, that was that was a big deal to their season. Yeah, and the lineup, I mean, especially with, you know, Springer and Altuve, every time they were up, I was just like, uh, you know, I was clenching, you know, it was, and Altuve actually, I mean, just to credit like how just outstanding our pitching was, like made him look like a fool on some, especially in game six and seven, there were a few at-bats that he had where he like, almost like dropped to his knees, like missing, which that guy is a few going to be a Hall of Famer, is, you know, as good a hitter as you can be, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think just... Mm -hmm. You know, ultimately, uh, great pitching usually beats great hitting. I right. think that was an example of it. Um, that game I think, six yeah, Astro- was pretty incredible. Uh, oh, oh my god! The with the the that game, like you could write like a volume a of books book about, about just that game. I know the, the blown Trey Turner call. Yeah, Davey well, the Bregman, yeah, the Bregman home run, and then Soto carrying their bats carrying to the first bat. base, and yeah, the Trey and Davey just like blowing a gasket like relax man you had you had heart game. surgery earlier this year like and then the response of rendon 
right after that mm-hmm. to get the uh i believe it was a, a two-run homer yeah i mean you like literally like just complete storybook and then for them just to like from then on just like put their foot on the gas and really win that game like uh decidingly what rendon and, did in clutch spots during this run is just insane like his stats from the seventh inning on i don't have them in front of me but they're outrageous i've heard some people talk about it just he was just so clutch the whole way through yeah post like seventh uh inning on yeah i mean just please please stay with us uh (laughs) you're just a joy to watch and you know he has such a you know kind of unique uh obviously laid back personality he's a beast in the field really one Um, of a kind yeah his hitting like I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get into more on the player break, breakdown. I want to say, like, another awesome thing about this run, this was the first World Series championship for every player on this roster. Wow. So, like, they all experienced it together. So You know, cool. you had a few guys that have been in the World Series before, but yeah. no one had ever won it. So, like, that just makes mm. it even better. Like, to have every guy in the roster being experienced mm. in this for the first time, I think is really special. Definitely. When they and, won, finally, like, game Game 7, you know... They were down three to one, um, or no, they were down two zero, right? And uh, yeah, Rendon hits the home run to make it two to one off Granky. Granky was pitching, you know, the the game of his life. The announcers were saying like Smoltz was like, "This is the best." Like, of course, he pitches the best game of his life. Uh, but then finally, Rendon hits that home run in the seventh, just crushed it. Uh, they take him out. I think they AJ Hinch took or him they, out. He walks Soto. He walks Soto. That's right. They, yeah. Then they pulled him, and I think Hinch kind of blew that, not bringing in uh, yeah. Garrett Cole. But we don't have to go into that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, and then the Kendrick home run off the foul pole, just historic. And then you know they get three more runs to solidify it. But when they finally won, I mean, the elation and just the feeling. I I stood there sort of in silence and just wanted to watch it you know like i've always watched um the way that fox uh the the way they cover when they know it's going to be the final out and they get a camera on every single player and then they show like the slow motion of them running Mm -hmm. running toward the group like those are just the fact that it was our guys this time and seeing zimmerman and seeing like eaton run in and the way that daniel hudson like threw his glove and just like those those images are just going to be ingrained in my brain for the rest of my life like it just felt so good and i just stood there with like a big grin on my face and just watched all the coverage throughout and I, i wanted to shout out the moment for me that really got me the most emotional during all the stuff on the field after the game was watching Steven Strasburg accept the MVP trophy and Mm -hmm. the the Corvette. He was standing there with his wife and his two daughters and, you know, typical Strasburg fashion. He has the hat pulled down so you can't really like see his eyes. And it's just like this Mm -hmm. dark shadow. And, but he, uh, he started to break down a little bit and, and, you know, get a little, uh, teary and and you know his voice was breaking and stuff and I started to get a little teary like that guy I was at his his MLB debut at Nationals Park in 2010 we were both there and I was with my family or my cousin and uncle and stepdad like just one of those careers that we had 14 strikeouts yeah he had 14 K's (laughs) yeah exactly like in his debut obviously he had like the Tommy John surgery the shutdown in 2012 playoff run and Everything that led up to it, um, just like really an emotional moment for all Nationals fans, I'm sure. Yeah, when they won that final, you know, the final out in the World Series, uh, you know, Becky was filming me throughout, so I'm glad she was able to capture my full emotions. And I was, you know, at this 
yeah, again, this bar in downtown Miami, you know, weren't, you know, there are a few Nats fans there, but I was definitely going the craziest. And yeah, it was just kind of like letting just all the emotion out. And it was, um, yeah, something I'll, 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 I'll never forget. Um, man. So, you know, I'd also, you know, we've talked about kind of how brilliant Davey was in, you know, throughout this run. Yeah. And I just, I gotta say again, like I just adored like the bold, creative, like dynamic decisions he made in every series starting in the wild card game you know, the way he got around this team's only weakness in their bullpen, like, I really cannot believe he he did it. Like, it's just, and it all kind of just worked out. Um, I, I can't stand these, like, robot managers. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, Matt Williams, who was a oh former my. Nats manager. He's who was just, worst. like, everything was done by the book. Like, oh. it's just, you got to be adaptable yeah. and, like, read the game and just... Um, Use your eyes, the, the team, right? Yeah, the team clearly played, lo- uh, loved playing for Davey. He had like relentless positivity. You know, he can really relate to the players. I think. Right. Um, you know, we said getting thrown out in Game Six of the World Series. I think really jacked the players up. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of that go one and zero mentality. Right. Uh, you know, coming back from a near heart attack as well. Like yeah. He's been using. You know, saying this this team and this city cured my heart. That was another yeah. really emotional moment. You know, throughout these playoffs. And the whole uh, yeah. stay in the fight and finish the fight mm-hmm. hashtag, and it was on all their hoodies and stuff. And when he's when he accepted the. the the trophy the world series trophy and he held it up and he was like you know what we stayed in the fight and we won the fight and i <laughs> i was like ready to run through a brick wall for that guy i was like i would play hard for that guy every single day like he definitely has right. that sort of he's he was a player uh he's a little you know he's still pretty young um he can definitely relate to these guys and what they're going through and sort of up with you know modern uh, baseball culture, I should say, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think they do it without his influence. So let's do some, we've, we obviously hit on, you know, different player moments and have brought up some of the key guys, but I think it would be fun to just kind of go down all, not, you know, all the 25 man roster. Yeah. We don't need to necessarily talk about, um, no, we, and we can do this pretty know, quickly. Uh, just say something great yeah. about each of these guys and <laughs> how, what they mean well, to us. So, you know, and this, this team was a, was a mix of, you know, you had superstars, you had these grizzled veterans, role players, chemistry guys. Mm-hmm. It was the oldest team in baseball. Yes. Like the Nats, I think, really capitalized on this window. Unfortunately, there is going to be mm-hmm. some turnover from right. the next, you know, t- for next season. But right. let's start with um, Juan Soto. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think we should just, like, I, I don't know. That's why I have here yeah. first. Turn 21 Young during the Juan. World Series. Uh, I, I mean, what can you say about get, like, this emotion. guy? <laughs> he is he is the new face of the MLB. Yeah, like he will be. That will be like the most sold like baseball jersey in, in oh, yeah. 2020, including um, me. I'm getting that navy blue <laughs> right. as soon as possible. The just, I mean, the way he plays. I mean, like the violent swing, like the ridiculous power he gets with his whole body, yeah. like the moonshots his the, hips. they hit. He's got the best hips the in baseball hips. right now. 1,000%. The way he turns and, yeah, and he's so <laughs> loose at the plate. The way he turns on the ball is incredible. And he's the way that he, you know, challenges the pitcher and takes control of the at-bat um, and, you know, really, I'm sure, intimidates a lot of guys the way he's up there. And he... he the Soto Shuffle. He backs it up, you know? Yeah, you, it's a mm. little bit cocky. Like, he's definitely a cocky player, but he backs it up, and he should be that way. Yeah, and it's... I mean, yeah, it's cocky. It's, like, confident, but it's not, yeah. like... He's not, like, a know, jerk he, he about it. He means well. Yeah. And I think he just... 
he plays the game with so much like joyful exuberance definitely like his facial expressions yeah he's out there joking around with guys all the time people that don't like it can just go pound sand like right. he's 100 percent great for the game yeah um the moonshot homers that he hit you know off kershaw kershaw like immediately went into the into the fetal position i mean after that it was the feet like you could see it that thing almost got to the top of the outfield at dodger stadium and that is a deep moonshot like it was one of the deepest home runs i've ever seen at dodger stadium it was incredible um you know uh hit a homer off verlander of course um garrett cole i believe was it two different homers off cole that he hit or Uh, there was at least one i don't know i'm forgetting and just his 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 patience is the at the plate too was very underrated like he had that huge um walk in game seven to get on first and to allow Kendrick to hit that two run homer and here's a stat on him with five home runs in the postseason he set the record for most home runs in the playoffs by a player that was 21 years of age or younger he's also the youngest player ever to hit three home runs in a single world series Hmm. and you know his bats just became like appointment viewing for anyone with a casual interest in baseball he definitely became like the media darling yeah and I had zero problem with that I saw at the parade a guy just wearing a shirt that said, like, do the Soto shuffle yes. and, like, a photo of him in that stance. And uh-huh. I was like, yep, I'm buying that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Soto. I Not mean, to mention I that meme of him dropping the bat at first base. Like, that that thing. Well, that's my that's my favorite moment of yeah. the entire October. For sure. I, I was going <laughs> to say, but, like, that literally, the presence of mind to do that after Bregman showboated that, which I thought was a total punk move by Bregman. And yeah. Just for so, I mean. He regretted Everything it. about that. I just loved. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, Anthony Rendon. Yeah, here. Rendon um, next. So, you know, some, I heard this comparison made that he's um, kind of remind you like Manny Ramirez in a lot of ways, mm. the way he hit the natural smoothness mm-hmm. makes it look so easy. The quickness of the hands, unassuming presence. I mentioned earlier, really like a star in the field as well. Like he made oh, some yeah. just like unbelievable plays at third. Yeah. Um, he may be the best. A lot of runs. He may be the best player in baseball. Uh, it's not. It's not a stretch to say that he's definitely one of the best. Uh, you know, fielding third baseman, one of the best hitters in the game. Uh, he's right up there with um, Arenado in Colorado as in terms of like the most talented third baseman. Um, he, he, yeah, it just all looks effortless for him. It's incredible. He would be. I know the MVP voting ends at the end of the regular season, but if they did it after the postseason, I, I got to imagine he would, he would be NL MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's obviously a free agent. He's going to, you know, exercise his options. But I think, you know, I, I, I feel okay. You know, we'll see. I mean, maybe yeah. by the time we release this pod, like Rendon signed with the Rangers. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hope that doesn't happen. But yeah, luckily he's it, a Houston guy. He played at Rice. Uh, luckily, Bregman's kind of, you know, very solidified at third in, in Houston. So he's not going there. But yeah, Rangers, maybe. I don't know how he feels about the Rangers. But yeah, I mean, I he hope... He doesn't want the spotlight. Though. Yeah, he's you know, not like, that kind of player. Go to yeah, hopefully the goodwill of winning the, the series and everything that comes with that and the way he's treated in the city. I know he's like mm-hmm. packing up his stuff and going right back home to Houston after the, the season ends, but like... <laughs> Makes me a little, little nervous. Yeah, I mean, that's where he lives in the off season, so <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's not abnormal. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. I mean... Uh, it's a lot of money. See if, you know, Ted Lerner and Mark Lerner are interested in that. Ted Lerner, by the way, shout out to him, 94 years old. Yeah. Got to feel good for that family. Uh, they do everything mm-hmm. the right way. Very classy organization in so many ways. Um, and it starts at the top with them for sure. Yeah. And they spend the money, right? I mean, yeah. they, they, and they, you know, they, 
are kind of the, the backbone given that they're the gatekeepers of all the money here you yeah. know the architect but it wouldn't be possible without owners like that you know yeah. they definitely spend and you know this is what happens when you spend you win you can win a world series mm -hmm. um rendon last thing on him he was also the first player to hit a home run in three straight elimination games wow. of the same postseason crazy uh Trey Turner, yes, I'm a big fan. Does it all. Incredible fielder, fast as hell on the base pass. Mm -hmm. Really, just an ideal leadoff man. Um, you know, looking forward to him being on the team for many more years. Yeah, uh, NC you know, State I'd helmet. He, yeah, right. Yeah, great. You know, celebrate. He had like that tequila. Yeah, he really showed his personality here. after Game Seven. Like he's uh, he's a bit of a partier in a good way, and uh, he was he was soaking it all in for sure. He's like, you know, kind of like this Peter Parker vibe, like <laughs> yeah, <boy> yeah. wonder. <laughs> he struggled at the plate during the World Series, but it was still a, an essential part of the team. Oh, yeah. Know, just say some Great in the field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just in that leadoff spot, like that's just like exactly the kind of player you want. Yeah. And he had a few stolen bases. Watching that guy run, uh, I mean, he's just, he's like a roadrunner out there. He's an incredible athlete and it's really fun to watch. Adam Eaton, an, kind of an unsung hero on this bunch, but really could almost make a case he for him being world series MVP. definitely definitely I, I would say he was like second behind if you want to give it to strasburg i would i would maybe would have i actually voted for soto in the phone ballot i uh i voted like eight oh, yeah. times for juan soto i was just like really jacked up for him at that moment <laughs> but uh easily yeah. could have gone to eaton yeah i i, I kind of i don't know what it was like about him but like i in the playoffs like i kind of was just like expecting him to like strike out and like embarrassing fashion when he was up but he kept proving me wrong like he made some ill-advised bunts like the most annoying play in baseball is like the pop-out bunt yes which i feel like he committed maybe so crushing more than once but yeah. he you know small dude you know small dude but like could really jack mighty homers. mouse yeah um, when he when he's able to turn on a ball he's he definitely has sneaky power he plays a good right field um he's so gritty and like i, I heard a bunch of guys talk about how his effort every single day in and day out through the grind of everything, like just it brings people up to his level and uh, it kind of can't go uh, without mentioning his importance in terms of just keeping the energy up and, uh, you know, making <laughs> when you're having one of those down days of August and it's a grind, like a guy like Adam Eaton is essential to just keeping keeping the momentum going, I'm sure. Great playoff beard as well, as well. Oh I yeah, say. probably the best beard on the team. Howie Kendrick. I mean, we've we've what kind you, of what can you say? About him, but <laughs> uh, the two Kendrick biggest Lamar. hits in the history of DC sports the franchise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look, I love Kendrick Lamar as has been uh, <laughs> talked about on this pod. Yes. I love Howie Kendrick. I'm probably going to name my son Kendrick. Big now. Kendrick guy. I'm, <laughs> Just, yeah, professional hitter, defines the word clutch. He is the only player in MLB history with more than one go-ahead homer in the seventh inning or later in elimination games of the postseason. Mm. I know that's kind of like a, a very specific stat, but albeit extremely important. In the journey that he had, you know, he signed with the Nationals, uh, I believe, yeah, two years ago, had that really bad injury that kept him out all of last season. You know, he's he's a veteran, you know, at the parade said that he had thought about um, actually retiring from baseball before he came to D.C. Yeah, he tore his and Achilles. Basically yeah, rejuvenated his his love for the game. Right. Um, so that was really great to hear. Yeah. Ryan Zimmerman. Mr. National. Mr. National. Uh, just someone, you know, drafted by the team has been through 
all the pain of those play him and Strasburg were the only players on this roster that were through, you know, from the 2012 crushing loss and all the others afterwards. Um, He had that Homer in game one of the world series, the three run Jack against the Dodgers and the NLDS at home. Mm. Um, had some great picks at first base too, oh, yeah. and some great plays out there, which yeah. like it's kind of an underrated skill. Those picks are like that is not easy to do. No, I mean um, he was one of the best third basemen for many years before you know uh, mm-hmm. Rendon came around, and yeah, his glove and just his his like positivity and his steady nature, like he's he's kind of like a yeah. gentle giant, like uh, kind of silent killer. Um, you know, doesn't say a lot in the media, very like steady and easygoing. But yeah, I think that influence uh, really like grounds people and, and keeps everyone focused and determined. Uh, yeah, like he's just the consummate professional and you got to love Ryan Zimmerman for sure. Yeah. And I think he's, he's got a couple good good years left in him for sure as to quote yeah. him. <laughs> I want him to be like, you know, the hitting coach eventually or you know like being yeah. just a part of like the team and you know i could see you know i don't know erecting like a statue of him at some point just given how he's you know the only guy that's been with the organization since day one he played college baseball at, yeah he played college baseball at uva he grew up in the area like just a homegrown kid that you know saw and he he broke down a little bit at, during his speech at the parade. I, I watched it yeah. on on TV, and yeah, just it really poured out of him how much it it means to him and how much the city itself means to him, and very touching. And speaking of hitting coaches, I wanted to shout out quickly. You said you would want Zimmerman to be the coach after he retires. Uh, Kevin Long and uh, also Paul Menhart, the the pitching coach who was hired, you know, I think in mm-hmm. in May. Um, those two guys, like you can't, it can't go unsaid how important they were to this team and Kevin Long especially. Like they've had, they've they've had some years where they were talented enough to win it all, and just something about their their chemistry with the hitting coach or the way that their approach at the plate, like everything, just kind of clicked this year. And I think Kevin Long has been credited a lot for that. Um, so I just wanted to mention his name and former Yankees hitting coach. And everyone says he's one of the best in the game. Um, you know, I can't really speak to his, like, uh, uh, the way that he teaches, but, uh, I know he's very good at it. And, uh, Paul Menhard also just kind of steadied the entire rotation and bullpen this year when they were in a bit of a catastrophe early on. Um, so yeah, those two guys, like, you know, they're definitely getting rings, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Victor Robles, uh, you know, just a beast in the outfield and center, covers so much ground. That stuff matters so much in the postseason. Like, it's the difference between, you know, an opposing hitter getting, like, a double in the gap or just being an out. And he, you know, it's something that's may not be, like, obvious, but, like, you know, just someone who doesn't have that kind of speed, like, not getting to those balls, that mm. can be, like, the difference in a game, so... He does scare you know, me I a little his... bit. He, he looks a little shaky out there sometimes, but he always manages to catch the ball, it seems. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like, I don't know, it's just kind of, like, unorthodox, his style, but as long as you catch yeah. it, it's it's all good. Yeah, and just, you know, very athletic, fast, yeah. has tons of charisma, like, again, kind of that the Soto vibe with the Latin players just play this game with so much joy. And, you know, again, like, like Soto, like really looking forward to him on the Nats for, for many more years. Definitely. I think, you know, him, Soto and Trey, like that's like such a great young core. Yeah. Um, shout out to the catchers, Kurt Suzuki and Jan Gomes. I yeah. mean, I think they both had big hitting moments oh, throughout yeah. the postseason. Definitely. And made some crucial stops behind, 
the plate. Um, you know, yeah, they definitely had had their moments as well. Yeah, a lot of a lot of really hard throwing and you know Strasburg's curveball and Scherzer's you know cutter and slider. Like those are tough pitches. Those guys have their work cut out for them, and uh, they did a great job blocking. You know, not really allowing like extra bases and guys to mm-hmm. advance when they shouldn't. Um, yeah, that those they're their steady nature behind the plate. And then, yeah, some clutch hitting, like they, they both sort of went through some times during the postseason where they were struggling at the plate, but they, they had some big hits and they definitely contributed. So yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to them. Yeah. Suzuki had that Homer, I believe it was in game two of the world series that kind of broke things open. Yeah. And Gomes had a big like double, I think in either game one or two in the, the NLCS against the Cardinals. So Shout out to the catchers. Um, Eshrubal Cabrera, just another gritty veteran, um, had some really big RBIs throughout this postseason. Um, a really good fielder as well, made some great plays at second base. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dozier, Para. a party animal. Like, yeah. He... He's been he, he basically his his legacy is is the shirtless <laughs> yeah. celebrations you know which I, I I have zero problem with yeah you kind of need a guy like that yeah yeah he and Para Harada Para didn't play much in the postseason but like their influence was there they were in the clubhouse and dug out every game and you know talking to the guys and rooting and they had some at bats they had a couple hits each I think and yeah I mean uh, they're they contributed the whole way through and. Yeah, they they deserve it as much as anyone else. Yeah, Para is got on a team full of amazing chemistry guys. He is the overall one seed of chemistry guys. I mean, he was uh, you know widely known that he single or nearly like single handedly changed the make chemistry makeup of this team when the Nats picked him up. Obviously, sparked the baby shark phenomenon. I remember know, he hit that dugout dances going. Yeah, he hit that grand slam against the Dodgers. Um, mm-hmm. in I think it was. I want to say June when the nationals were like finally starting to turn around. It might've been late May even, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, I remember that hit was really impactful. They beat the Dodgers in that series out here in LA. And, uh, I remember specifically that grand slam was massive and, uh, in their turnaround. Steven Strasburg, let's get into some pitchers. I mean, we, we've, we've hit on Strasburg a bit. I mean, yeah. how can you not like just a, such a consistent force five and oh in this postseason. Incredible. Reminded me of kind of like those Madison Bumgarner, uh, runs yeah. that he had at the Giants earlier in this decade. Only two other pitchers besides Strasburg have won five games in a single postseason. The Angels, Francisco Rodriguez and the Diamondbacks, Randy Johnson. Strasburg though, is the first to do it without a loss. Um, I just, I felt so comfortable with him on the mound. I mean, you know, he, he won every game. Like, And going in when he was pitching, I was like, this is kind of we're, – we're winning this with yeah. him on the mound. Um, World Series MVP kind of cemented – like, you know, like Scherzer is a guy who's like uh, obviously a Hall of Fame lock. I think with this, like Strasburg, uh, I mean, he's, he's getting there to be, you know, in Cooperstown yeah. one day. If he just, pitches another I, like four or five years similar to what he has the past few years, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just love the way, you know, he's a big dude. Like he's he's, massive. He's built like a gorilla almost. (laughs) Yeah. And the way he uses his body. Yeah. Yeah. But he also has like 
amazing nuance in his yeah. like curveball and changeup. Yeah. But he's also can throw hard. Like I mean, he's just amazing. And again, yeah, guy like like with Zimmerman has been with the organization his whole career. Has gone through uh, you know a lot of those crushing playoff defeats and just deserves it so much. So and um, really found super. himself. It, it seemed like he really you know is comfortable in his own skin. He he went through some years mm-hmm. where he's kind of abrasive with the media, a little like standoffish, and you know not the most. Uh, besides his talent, maybe not the most easy guy to root for, but this year he really turned that around and um, yeah, just became one of those yeah. guys that like super easy to root for. I think he's just a bit of an introvert, a little quiet, um, but uh, came out of his shell. Yeah, he was never like a no, he never never a just bad had, like, guy. A mundane yeah, he just like didn't like, really want to give yeah. much to people outside mm-hmm. of his circle. But yeah, the chemistry of this team, like part, you know, the the hugs that Para and Sanchez yeah. would give after each start in the dugout, like that became like its own thing. Um, yeah, Strasburg's the man. Uh, Max Scherzer, I mean, God, this team is just ridiculous. Like we're yeah. all these guys. Like I mean, we're now getting to Scherzer, and just the ultimate competitor. No one deserved it more. I don't even think we've talked about the fact that he was gonna pitch in Game Five. Right. Uh, you know, couldn't his, move his, his neck. neck. Yeah. Just I like mean, he, he, yeah, he couldn't dress himself that morning. His wife yeah. had to like drive him and dress him, and yeah, uh, he got the cortisone shot in his neck. It it opened up, and he was able to pitch game seven, five innings strong. Uh, and shout out to Patrick Corbin. I know we're about to talk mm. about him, but those three innings in game seven oh. were just outrageous. Um, yeah, so the shut down. Yeah. yeah, Scherzer, I mean, he's one of the all-time great pitchers in baseball history. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, solidified now with the World Series championship and mm-hmm. uh yeah, just an all-time just a main, like an ultimate like maniac in the dugout, even when he's yeah. not like pitching, you know, just uh, the guy roots so hard for his teammates, plays with so much passion. I think, you know, he really inspires his teammates like he had that that game earlier this season where he pitched like a gem with a broken nose. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just crazy. I mean, the guy is insane, but I just love having him on my team. And definitely. Yeah, and Corbin, he, you know, he did have some inconsistency throughout the postseason with some of his starts, but, you yeah. know, I think he made up for all that with the three innings of relief that he had in game seven. I mean, and a great year. He had a really strong uh, mm-hmm. regular season all the way through. Yeah, we don't we don't win the World Series without without Patrick Corbin and no. you know Anibal Sanchez. I mean, f- nearly threw a freaking no hitter in Game One of the NLCS. Yeah. Um, another great chemistry guy. He's mm-hmm. like best friends with Para. They both had the tinted sunglasses that they would <laughs> right. you know wear in the dugout. Um, I'm getting definitely a pair of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know he made it to the World Series with Scherzer earlier in his career, but they got uh-huh. swept. So just like another guy that really deserves it. There was that great yeah. moment when they were celebrating after they won game seven where Sanchez is just like, we won one finally, you know, I don't know if you saw that clip (laughs) and you know, Scherzer is like in tears and it's just like, Uh man, you just got to feel free for great for those guys. Definitely. Sean Doolittle was pretty much flawless in that eighth inning slot all throughout October. You know, in this guy, just such an awesome personality. He obviously had like the lightsaber, which became like a huge part of his identity. He brought that to the, to the parade. He's such a unique and like thoughtful guy. Yeah, probably my favorite personality on the entire team, and really mm-hmm. was just a hell of a pitcher throughout this. Like he was, he was rock solid. Yeah. I don't even think he, like he, he didn't even like make things interesting in a bad way when he was up there. Like I he know. was mowing guys down, and he had a tough stretch in. Uh, I want to say like 
you know, mid August to mid September, he was struggling and he had to sit down for a bit and take a few days off. And I think he kind of got a dead arm and, but he, he recovered in late September and, and became Doolittle again and was, yeah, like you said, just really strong throughout the entire playoff run. Daniel Hudson, the closer, an absolute rock as a closer. He did, you know, in contrast as Doolittle, like made things interesting at times, but he never, yeah. never blew a save. He said, in, you know, in the media that he actually hates closing. Every time he was on the mound, it looked like he was like about to have like bad diarrhea. I don't know. He did not look <laughs> comfortable up there, yeah. but hey, he got the job done. Obviously, and game got, seven, he he yeah. ripped. He was ripping strikes in that game seven. Like yeah. I, I was like, it's over. This guy is just piping strikes down there. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was fun to watch. Um, just yeah, a few other guys. I mean, I don't know Fernando Rodney, like old man Rodney. I just need to say yeah, like 42. I. He came in, you know, every time he came in in the postseason, like the game was effectively over. Either the Nats were losing by a lot or they were up, <laughs> you know, kind of came in in like garbage time. But yeah. I kind of somehow grew. He to got really some like big him. outs, though. Yeah. Yeah. The arrow celebration that he gives like after, you know, a big inning I'm into. Uh, Tanner Rainey also, like I think he's, yeah. you know, he's Huge a big outs. piece of the future. Throws, yeah. you know, through some quality innings, has, you know, a great heater. Um, I, you know, I, I like the innings we saw him. Uh, I also want to shout out Michael A. Taylor, uh, who oh, yeah. you know, came up back from the minor, obviously had been on the Nats for seasons prior. He was yeah. huge filling in for Robles when he was out with the injury in the NLDS. Had he that massive. Diving, the diving catch to end yeah, game yeah. five. Who would have guessed Michael A. Taylor had such a contribution in the playoffs in the World mm-hmm. Series run like yeah. that? I, I never would have guessed Michael A. Taylor would, would be there and and contribute in such a way. And even a guy like Joe Ross, like didn't do much in the playoffs, but he had a, you know, he started game five, uh, uh, you know, filled in for Scherzer when we needed him. And he's just been around for a while and had some tough luck with injuries and Taylor's had some stretches in the, in the minors, but both those guys, you got to feel great for him and drafted by the nationals and, and come a long way in their time with the team. Yeah. So who would you to quote uh succession was like your number one boy on this team? If you had to pick one, is there one player that really, just as far as like your, your personal, like deepest connection to your favorite, the one yeah. that you just, is there, is there one above all? I mean, my all time favorite national is probably, uh, it's got to be Ryan Zimmerman or Steven Strasburg, just like the homegrown guys, the people mm-hmm. drafted by the team, and they're the longest. I think my favorite player on the team this year was Anthony Rendon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's easy answer. Right during the playoffs, maybe I was a little more like having having swooning over Juan Soto a little bit more, but uh, <laughs> awesome. during the regular season, like Rendon over the past five years has been my favorite player to watch because just his approach at the plate and his fast hands and the way he does everything out there is just so fun to watch and such a great guy, it seems. So I would say probably he's my he was my favorite 2019 national. Yeah, for me, I, I don't know. I, I got to say the swooning of, of Juan Soto <laughs> yeah, in, the, yeah. in this run and just Fair yeah, his, his charisma is superstardom. The way he plays the game. I, I just, he, he, I think he's my, my, my number one boy, but I mean, I God, can't what, fault you there. Yeah. What a, what a freaking team. Um, 
All right, man. I know. Yeah, we're 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 gonna. Do yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about the parade. Do you want to? Yeah, do like just two minutes about your experience <laughs> at the parade with your family. And I was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll just quickly say that I was not there. Obviously, I'm <laughs> in Long Beach, California, and I had a tough day yesterday watching all my family and friends, you know, go to the parade and send pictures and, uh, you know, say nice things but i wasn't there personally uh it was tough i had a bit of a dark day i want to i went did a little like uh you know down in the dump shopping i bought some criterion collection (laughs) blu-rays i told you earlier (laughs) uh just kind of like a tough way to wake up and see all these like amazing photos coming out of dc but let me not like darken the experience uh how was how was your time there well, and it's also like you're like, oh yeah, well, my team also won the World Series. <laughs> right, exactly. There, like, like it's not that bad. Let's think about. I, what, yeah, I wish yeah, I could have yeah. been there. Obviously, extreme first world problems. But uh, yeah, the parade. I was able to make kind of the spontaneous trip down, given that it was on a Saturday. Um, you know, figured why the hell not? Um, yeah, it was awesome. I didn't know, never been to a championship parade before. Didn't really know what to expect. We got down there a few hours before it started. Got a nice spot, kind of like in front of the. Canadian embassy is where we were standing, um, just a few feet away from the rails from where all the buses and the parade route was. Um, it was a long day, you know, standing for seven straight hours, but it was, it was, you know, great weather, amazing vibes. Everyone was obviously in an, in an incredible mood. Um, a very nice gentleman handed me a, you know, a Bud Light during it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the beer was flowing like wine. Yeah. The, they distributed the team across, I thought it was going to be like all the team was going to be on like, you know, maybe two or three buses. It was like 15 buses and they basically cool. paired like two to three players on each, but with also like media personalities, there was like, you know, Grant Paulson and Danny Ruye and right. the sports junkies and right. Dan Coco and, you know, FP <laughs> and all these people. I mean, God, that's an, there's so much to talk. We could like do a whole like, you know, media. Oh yeah. Some talk of, about some of, uh, by the way, Charlie slows and Dave Jagler, the two yeah. one oh six seven the fan, like radio announcers, some of uh slows like uh Bang, zoom, yeah. some of his calls during this playoff run oh i would just God. be listening to it the next morning on the sports junkies just like full body chill moments his voice when he gets energized like he i, I just think he has one of the best like radio calls out there i can't imagine some someone being much better yeah, and also uh, kind of uh, related, I want to give a shout out to a lot of like the Washington Post uh, sports writers that were following this team, like Thomas Boswell, Barry uh, Segura, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. Zerluga. Segura, yeah, uh, Jesse Doherty, uh, Chelsea Janes, you know, who was yeah. the former beat writer, switched to politics, but came on board for like this World Series run. Like, yeah. it was a joy to read their recaps after every game, especially a guy like Thomas Boswell, who's like, you know, been living in DC his whole life, loves right. baseball more than anything. Like he was born, he's been like waiting his whole life to write these pieces and he's yeah. just such an incredible writer. And that really enhanced like, you know, this, the level of sports writing from a place like Washington Post with their team in the World Series, mm-hmm. like that really like enhanced the whole experience for me. So and shouts shout to Bob out Carpenter. Bob Carpenter. Yeah, FB and yeah, and FP. Those, those guys are two of the best and they really, I mean, they're very beloved in DC and I think they, they do a great job. Definitely, hundred percent agree. They, yeah, they gave speeches during the uh, at the parade. Nice. You know, we had 
Um, I mean, I'm sure you saw on TV, but like, you know, Zimmerman, yeah, I got, you know, choked up, uh-huh. Rendon speak, even Soto spoke, you know, in front nice. of half a million people, you know, English is not his first language. Right. He did like an amazing job. Huh. Um, Eaton, Kendrick, uh, Davey obviously gave, you know, a speech. We did baby sharking. There was the learners. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a really just overall, um, you know, special experience, something I was I was really, uh, you know, happy and fortunate to be able to to go down to so um yeah it was a nice like kind of end cap on you know obviously all this and there was definitely some like let's bring it back again let's do it (laughs) right Um, right turn trey turner he the only thing he basically said in the mic is can we bring back anthony rendon (laughs) Um, which you know everyone went nuts for i hope you know didn't they start uh, a chant like stay 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 yeah yeah Yeah. definitely there's also i want to point out like you know, the guys that are on the bus, like this happens at every like championship parade, but mm-hmm. you know, people are like heaving them beers cause they want them yeah. to catch them. And then, and like, it's look, they're, they're professional baseball players so they can, you know, they know how to catch <laughs> objects, but like kind of like date, you know, I'm surprised like you haven't had one where like, you're just like knocked. Oh yeah. Face. Like, hits, like a can of somebody's beer is, wife or something. In the it's face not, yeah, yeah. It's not like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, a child or something like yeah. it's, those are not like light objects. Um, so, I mean, thankfully, obviously, nothing like that happened, but it was, uh, yeah, like, you know, grabbing one of those chugging, you know, chugging the beer, like, thrown to the ground. Scherzer had, like, a championship belt. Scherzer <laughs> got, like, on top of the on top of the bus, like, on the roof at one point. Jeez. Like, that was, a, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, all the guys just That's awesome. super ecstatic, and, um, you know, yeah, it was, you know, produced a lot of great content, so... So, I didn't really know where to fit this bit of it, but it, it'll only take, like, a minute, but I want to say, like, you know, throughout this run, obviously the Nats like weren't able to break through um, throughout the postseason in this decade, and they kind of got branded as like they're winning, but like kind of this n- national media perception of like, oh, they're kind of like they're not a winning organization because they haven't won the post post you know season series, and this is their first World Series you know since 1924. But like, it, it's kind of smoke and mirrors because like one, well, we didn't have. It's not like the national. It's in the Washington Nationals for the last hundred years in DC. Like we didn't have a right. team for forty freaking years in between, and then there were the Expos. Like I don't count. I know the Expos like weren't a good franchise, but like the Nats came to DC in two thousand five, and you know, since then no other team uh, um, other than the Dodgers has won more games this decade. We've yeah. had an MVP. We've drafted two superstars. We've had multiple no hitters, Cy Young awards, hosted an all-star game, four division titles. Like this is a, fr- even if we had just won that wild card game, this is a freaking winning organization. One of mm-hmm. the best franchises in baseball. Yes. Now we have the world series title to prove it. And we're, you know, like, I, I just hope like, you know, this will change, you know, my dad and I were talking about how, what this just does for just the entire perception, of the organization going into next year, ticket sales, opposing, you know, when they go to other ballparks, like they are the class of baseball and, um, you know, that, and that this is how it's going to be. So and to quote Ryan Zimmerman, they're the 2019 world series champions and they can never take that away from us. And <laughs> us. on that note, <laughs> yes, from us, um, <laughs> on that note, Rob, it was a pleasure yes. recapping, um, this you know entire incredible season and run by the 2019 Washington Nationals you know share this listeners please with any Nats fan in your life any DC you know native or resident and you know we'll uh next time we'll be back um you know more on our our usual beat of uh you know movies and music and and pop culture but um obviously this is a huge you know part of our lives we had to do this love sports and I'm super glad that we did so until then peace out Go Nats. Thanks for listening. Go Nats. Sign Rendon and Strasburg. Peace.